Our reading this evening is from Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On Monday morning, I stepped outside to see what the kids, the school kids were doing out in the field across the street. And I, they're always playing games over there of various kinds. And on Monday, I saw them uh, having races, all kinds of races. And I looked out, and the boys in the back row might disagree with what I saw when I stepped outside. But I stepped outside, and I saw bodies strewn across the field, gasping for air in exhaustion. Because, because when you're a young boy, and I remember this vividly, and I still have the same problem now. When you're a young boy and there's a race, you run as hard as you can from the beginning. You're going in a full-out sprint right from the outset. You're not planning for the last leg of the race. You're going as hard as you can right away. And naturally, boys don't have as much energy or oxygen as they think they do. I don't either. I was playing tag with the kids today and I was panting. It was terrible. You don't have as much as you think you do in your tank. And so I went outside and there were bodies strewn across the field because these kids had gone all out right from the beginning. That is to be put in contrast. That picture of what might happen as you're working hard, as you're running hard, that is to be put in contrast with what Paul describes tonight for us. He describes a race in which you do not have to worry about running out. You do not have to worry about becoming exhausted. You do not have to worry about your lungs screaming at you and your legs giving out underneath you. You do not have to worry because in Christ, you will not run out. 
you will not run out. All of the things that we heard about today and last week, the things that Paul counts as loss, even his pride in being a Pharisee of Pharisees and knowing the law and being dutiful, even persecuting Christians, all of those things that he counts as loss, those are the kinds of things that do run out. Earthly things, things that are in the here and now, things that have to do with the stuff of this world, those things are the things that run out. And that is why our world is desperate and afraid of losing them. It's why our world grasps and scrapes and works hard and struggles and clings to every last thing, trying to squeeze every last drop out of life, licking the plate, licking all the whipped cream off the plate. Or here's the other example that came to mind, taking your shampoo bottle with just a little bit of shampoo in the bottom and adding water to it just so that it doesn't run out. So you don't feel like you're at the end of your shampoo bottle. That's how the world treats all of these things, all of the material, worldly things of this life. It cannot let them go because it knows that they're coming to an end, that at some point it's going to give out. At some point they will run out. That is what happens if a person's goal is earthly things, long life or comfort or ease. Those things run out. That's why Paul is hes kind of bothered, he's disturbed by the tragedy of these preachers who are concerned with earthly things. He says that they serve their bellies. Their bellies are their gods. They're invested in things that run out. Things that wear away, things that fade, things that are temporary. To invest ourselves in those things is to be set up for failure. But that is not how it is for you. That's not how it is for you Christians. Because as Paul says, although you're not yet perfect, you have Christ Jesus. Although you are striving now to make it your own, to make Christ your own, by hearing his word and receiving his sacraments and clinging to him in faith... Although that is an ongoing struggle your whole life long, Christ has already made you his own. You are in Christ perfectly by faith. Your citizenship is in heaven. The things of this world have no bearing on eternity for you. You belong in heaven. The goal, as Paul said, is the resurrection of Christ, which includes, which includes his suffering and death. But the goal is the resurrection, life eternal. Not life temporary, not life fleeting, life permanent. Not life full of grief and suffering and loss, but life full of joy and hope and peace in God. That is yours. You already, right now, possess Christ because he possesses you. His glory, the glory that he received from his father when he was raised from the dead, that glory is your glory. The surpassing worth of which Paul counted so valuable that he was willing to give everything else up, to toss it all overboard, to leave it behind, to throw it into the dung heap. Now, all of this means that as you are running this race, as you are striving towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, as you are straining forward to that prize, you cannot run out. Your lungs may cry out to you and your legs may say that they're going to give out underneath you, but it will not happen. You cannot run out. You cannot run out. When you trust in Jesus, you cannot run out of faith or love. You cannot be too faithful. You can't spend yourself too much on the faith. You cannot love God 
too much. You cannot love your neighbors too much. You cannot care for them too earnestly. You cannot put your trust in God too zealously. You will not run out. So often we think that we have to save something. We have to hedge somehow. We have to hold out a little bit. Maybe we need to place some other bets. We need to diversify. We need to wait because we need to save something for the last leg. But no, that's not how it is in Christ. Instead, you, full of Christ, are like that widow's flower jar and oil pot which never ran dry. Because you are in Christ and because the love that you love, with which you love in this world, is Christ's love, and even the faith with which you trust in God is Christ's faith, you cannot run out. Don't forget it. We don't say, for instance, about the martyrs, people who died for their faith. We don't say about them, man, they really should have held out a little bit longer. They should have saved something so that they didn't give up everything for the faith. That's not what we say. We praise God that they spent themselves entirely on the faith. That they spent themselves entirely devoted to God's word, loving their neighbors. Even Jesus himself. We, we should strive to be like Jesus. But striving to be like Jesus means explicitly that we're not striving to live some sort of a long and peaceful and contented and easy life. Jesus himself died at the age of 33. I think that all but the kids in here in this room are far past 33. We're all far past that. Christ died at the age of 33 and we don't say about him, look, he should have saved something for later. He should have saved some of that faith and love for down the road. No, he spent himself all entirely on the cross for you and me. Because he knew the victory that he would have when he was raised from the dead. He knew the victory that you would have when you were raised from the dead. Do not doubt God's power. Do not doubt his promises. Do not doubt that when he says to you, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, do not doubt that he will complete that good work in you. Do not doubt that he will fill you up with everything that you need in order to accomplish it. Even if you die, even if you spend your last breath being a Christian, what does Paul say? God, who made your lowly body, will raise your lowly body. It is destined for glory. And so, spend yourselves now. Spend yourselves now on faith and love. You will not run out. Strain ahead. In fact, this is the, this is the whole point. Those kids, they were lying out there on the field, exhausted, because they went all out right from the outset. But that is not how it is for you and me. We do not have to worry about falling down on the field as we strain forward. We do not have to worry about our lungs failing us or our legs failing us. In fact, when they tell you that they are, when you, when you hear in your flesh that this is never going to work, that you're never going to make it, do not listen to your flesh. Instead, listen to Jesus. He's the one who says to you that this is his good work. It's his good work that he's prepared for you. It's his faith that he's given to you. It's his heart that is beating inside of you. And so when he says it's not going to run out, believe him. That's the admonition. It can sound... It can sound like a hard thing. I'm telling you to work hard. Paul's telling you to strain forward, to run hard, to push towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that can sound like a lot, but here's the thing. It's Christ who is working in you. It's his hope. It's his promise. He will certainly do it. So all you have to do is follow along. All you have to do is listen to him. All you have to do is love like he loved and believe like he believed and he 
is here to help you along the way. He will certainly do it. Put your trust in him. He has put you here for this purpose, and he will certainly have good use of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.